This week on Grip and Grin, preparation, procedures, and persistence. Like all you listeners, Andrew and Fecto have been living by these words for the past few months. The team has recorded many hours in the saddle, and it's about time to showcase those victories. Arrows have been released, and memories have been made. So climb on up and get strapped in as Andrew and Fecto relive those achievements spanning from September to November. Welcome to another episode of Grip and Grin, finally. Yeah, it's been way too long, as always. It's taken forever for us to get together and actually record. However, that is not because we haven't been doing jack shit. Yeah, we've done everything, pretty much. Like? We've conned all species of fish. We've we've gone through the whole hunting season. Um, lots happened. A lot has happened. Yeah. And, and we're it- just, <laughs> just going to get started and <laughs> recapping everything, because... It's been a busy, what, three months, four months? Three months, yeah. So there's a lot to get to. And the deer season Maine's over, um, officially, right? Today. Wrapped up yesterday. So, and Not yesterday, two days ago. Two days ago. Yeah. Mass is still going, but um, I'm done, and you're done. So that's a little prelude to Is this the earliest you've ever been done? Ever? Not ever, but earliest I've been done in the last uh, three, four years, so... Recently. Yeah. Recently. Yeah. So if we take the journey back all the way to September, which was, I think we left off going into expanded main archery in our last podcast. And that pretty much from there, it was just like full throttle for us. And, you know, going back to early September, I started hunting a month before you did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I went back to the spot that you and I scouted like last year and you found this spot but i went back to it because i had some sightings i didn't get one last year yes i did yeah i did i got one last year but um i went back to a different spot that i had my eye on mm, yeah because last last year we hiked way the heck in there. miles <laughs> and <laughs> you did not do that this year <laughs> no because i noticed last year and from previous pods you can remember me talking about I was seeing deer on the way out. So, I mean, I could talk about this location for hours, but more or less, I mean, 100 yards from where I park and quick and easy, painless, set up in a tree that was kind of sketchy, like did some cutting early on. And, um, you know, about mid-September, I was getting a lot of activity and it was right in the last hour of daylight. Like, they were coming through, like, clockwork. It was perfect. And I remember I was talking to you about, you're like, it's going to happen. I was like, dude, I got to move trees. And you were like, don't fucking move trees. why move trees if you're seeing deer? It's, like, just a matter of time before something actually makes a mistake. Right. They just weren't walking through my shooting lanes. I was getting frustrated. And I almost moved. And I was like, no, no, no. I'll listen to Andrew. I'll sit that tree. Whatever. Excuse me. And so I, I had chosen a tree. Like, 10 yards from me, I was going to move to that tree, but I was like, nope, I'll stick to it. And, uh, yeah, Friday, September 16th, 
We had blood on the ground. Uh, and it's the earliest you've gone blood on the ground, isn't it? Uh, yes. Yes, it is. Because I think it's the first deer you've actually gone in September. or I've gotten a deer in September before, but not that early. Yeah, yeah. So I was, like, panning my shooting lanes. And, like, I'll probably post a video of, like, my shooting lanes and stuff like that or pictures and whatnot. But I, like, pan to my right. And all of a sudden, there's just a deer there. And I was like, what? Uh, so to paint the picture, I have a walking trail that's out in front of me. In between me and the walking trail, I have a pretty big pond, mm-hmm. about the size of a basketball court, probably. Yep, yep. And to my right is, like, this, like, telecommunication, like, power line, basically. It, it's not really used. Um, and it, I'm hunting a little tiny piece of property. But they walk right through there. So I just look to my right, and I see this deer, this doe, staying there like 20, 30 yards away. I was like, holy crap. That... And like it happened so quick. Literally grabbed my bow, and the deer was working to my right, which behind me is like their bedding. It's thick. And I have another tree stand probably about 80 yards to my 3 o'clock, and, but the guy never hunts it. Mm. It's just there. It's been there. It's been there. Because we found it originally when we were doing our scouting. So she walks over, and she gets a little bit closer, but she's walking in the general direction. I'm like, she's going to walk out of my frame if I don't take the shot. So grab bow and draw back, like, quickly. Get a window of opportunity. And she's slightly quartering, too. Slightly. And I let that arrow fly, and it hit. Definitely made the whack sound. I was like, yep, that's a hit. And I remember sending you a message, and I was like, let's go, like, jacked up. And I get down, I was like, all right, let's find blood. Well, I didn't find blood. Yeah, because I remember you called me right after the shot, and you were like, oh, it's good, it's good. I'm like, let's wait and see before, you know, we get too excited. And then you can, you were walking out, right? And you just happened to come across that one, like, splotch in the ground yeah so like i was finding dude like liquid shit (laughs) like when you see blood squirting on trees from like the exit wound i was finding shit and i was like what the heck i thought this shot was like perfect like i was like i was so confused i was like wait i gut shot it and so yes as i was walking out i had to go out that way so the deer ran the direction that i had to go out and lo and behold, I find the bed, and the bed is, like, bloody and shitty. <laughs> and I was like, you just know. And I found my arrow. My arrow's just caked. And I'm like, oh, no. And immediately right away, you're like, give it the night. Yeah, and I was lucky enough in September, you had a cold enough night, which is you're very thankful for, because that could have been bad if it was, like, 60 degrees at that Yes. Night. Yeah, it was, like, 50 degrees, maybe. I was like, it'll be okay. I think it was even colder than that. Was it? I thought it was in the 40s, I'm pretty sure. Because I remember when I got back to the house, I called you, and I sent you my Onyx, like, pin location and what I found and everything. And the cool part was, like, you were able, like, you know, three or four states away, you were able to look at the Onyx hunting app and look at the topography, and you go, she's either here or she's here, one or the other. Yep, yep. And so we came up with a game plan, and I felt really good about the game plan. And the other thing was, when I told you about the shot, you were, you like, 
I don't know, uh, what's it called when somebody looks at like oh and like you like an but, autopsy. Yeah, exactly. You were able to like break down exactly how my arrow hit and exit and everything, and I was like, holy shit, he's right. And so the next morning, I went in. This was Saturday morning, so I was afraid of bumping more deer to other hunters. But I was like, I got, I got to find this deer. Mm. Go in, and basically, I can't find blood because it's she more or less. Uh, she more or less. Uh, she had blood clots and stuff that just clogged. Yeah, her and all, up. all the, like the fat and the, oh, the, yeah. the paunch just closed that wound up. So the only strategy was a body search. Mm-hmm. So with a tracking app, I was able to more or less grid search an area. The first area that you were like, I guarantee you she's here. Did that first, and I I didn't leave a stone unturned. Uh, yeah, I, I remember you showed me that your tracker, and if every, what, like you did a grid search. How much did you walk in that first patch? At least a mile and a half. Easy. And it's easy. not a big piece of woods. No, no, not at all. <laughs> it's like, because like you said, you're 100 yards from the car, and this yeah. is like a small piece that goes towards the road. So right. it's like, they, they, if it crosses the road, it's like, uh-oh. But right. it wasn't in that first patch. So, and then on my way out of that first patch, I see another old hunter, like this guy with a crossbow, and he's an old-timer. And I was like, I didn't care. I was like, yeah, I shot one last night. I'm trying to find it. He's like, oh. I said, now I'm going into this piece. And I said, if I were you, I'd go sit the the power lines. If anything comes out, take a shot, dude. Like, mm. have at it. It's just kind of cool to have the conversation with him. And walk into that next piece and start grid searching. And it's thicker than a bastard in there. Just those thorns, those green thorns. And there she went. Mm-hmm. Just on the other side of that thick patch, dude, in a pine grove. And boom, shakalaka. First year down. First year down. Which is nice, you know, get the pressure off. So the entry hole, this is what was kind of like, oh. But I was using a mechanical rage broadhead, and on entry, it hit one of the ribs and deflected off of the rib and went back into the stomach. Mm. So that's why I got that shit shot, was because I, that arrow just immediately as it hit the bone, pew, just deflected back into the guts. And that that broadhead was bent up and being dude. It, I don't know. I didn't even find the broadhead. She snapped it off. Oh, okay, okay. But it went into the the rear left hip is where it went into. There was no exit wound out. Mm. It was just only entry. So, but yeah, blood on the ground. I mean, September sixteenth, dude. Like you can't you can't draw it up any better, given the fact that you know Maine's early season starts in what the second monday of september or something like that yeah i mean i it was just perfect it was absolutely perfect the only downfall was i tried getting a hold of my guy oh yeah <laughs> right and he's like yo just drop it off like later tonight and i'm like that 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 can't happen dude mm-hmm. like so you said to me this is a great opportunity to maybe like try a new butcher and i was like and i've been trying to look for a new butcher i really haven't but I know it's it would be wise of me to find one closer. Just makes sense. Mm, yeah, instead of driving what an hour and a half. <laughs> hour and a half. Yeah. Um, and so tried a new butcher. It was great as far as like drop off. Uh, it actually, the butcher actually tags deer too, mm, which is perfect. That's a plus. Um, so that was great. Uh, very professional. Very clean. Very, I mean, great setup. But uh, flavor, man. It doesn't compare to my 
Oh, the, the OG. Sausage. Yeah. <laughs> the sausage. Like, it was good sausage. Don't get me wrong. Like, it's sausage. I, there's just like not a lot of sausages out there that aren't like they're always salty, you know. Yeah. And they don't really have like the the right I don't know mixture, I guess. And the guy you normally bring it to, he's he's dynamite, he's a, <laughs> dude. He's yeah, he's freaking amazing. But I mean, this sausage was it's finer grain. Like it goes to the meat grinder more than once, obviously. But I mean. It's still good. Don't get me wrong. It's it's good stuff. But um, so yeah, that was grip and grin on the board. Yeah. So now the question is, do we get into my story here and then bounce back to you, or because I don't know the timeline. So exactly when the uh, your other success happened. <laughs> so I actually ended up. So my timeline. I actually got another dough before you uh had your little experience um <laughs> so the one <laughs> i guess i'll quickly go through mine just so we're on the timeline so that it's like you know accurate timeline but um same spot i'm in the same spot just now this is late october <laughs> same spot however and now the leaves have fallen right yes. oh my gosh so and i remember texting you and going dude i have a zero cover in the tree i'm in and i'm only like 10 12 feet up. Yep. And you know me. That's just so <laughs> weird how you went high this year and I was low. Oh, yeah. And we haven't even gotten into my setups, which I'm going to have to dive way into. <laughs> so I moved to that uh, that tree that I was going to move early season. I actually ended up moving over, climbed up, and it, dude, sexy. Mm. Right, you sent sexy. a video and it looked good. And so beautiful cover. And I had multiple encounters. I had encounters where deer were like, going to my left through thick shit couldn't see him but could hear him i had a deer walk right up to me and i was halfway down the tree and i had to hug the tree damn <laughs> so i was like oh shit don't move like kind of like just sitting there and yeah just had another deer uh that morning of the 29th come up to me but it was before legal time couldn't shoot so i was like all right i know where it's going to bed yep i know where i'll be in the afternoon yep and so yeah so i I was doing a lot of cutting late season, like mid to late season, which is usually a frown yeah. upon type of thing. But I was like, screw it. I don't care. And uh, yeah, so I actually got in early and I was attacking. I was entering a completely new way. It's not as long to get in there. I was actually using the walking trail and then walking about 30 yards down a deer trail. I walked the deer trail to get to my tree stand. Hmm. And as I walked in, I... I was using dopey, just like trying to cover up as much scent as possible. And uh yeah, and so I I'm sitting there and I was texting you that afternoon. Oh yeah, I do cuz I I was hunting too at the same time. That was so funny. I forgot yeah. about that. So, I remember there was this group of guys walk down the walking trail and then you could tell I'm like they're going to recreate. <laughs> they're going to have a little fun, you know. And on their way back, they stop at the pond, and the pond is 20 yards in front of me. They start throwing rocks into the pond. <laughs> and by rocks, I mean like boulders. <laughs> yeah. So a couple times they threw rocks, and it went beyond the pond and landed in my shooting lane. I was having rocks thrown at me, but they didn't know I was there. It was so funny. I was, I was getting these texts, and you were getting a little agitated. I'm like, just wait it out. Like, it is what it is on these public lands. Yeah. And I remember I texted you. I was like, oh. 
they must have gotten the munchies because uh, they're out of here by now. <laughs> like, they're gone. And what, like 15 minutes? If that, yeah. Dude, I'm sitting there, and I like I can hear something coming through the woods where those guys were, like, throwing rocks. And I was like, all right, like maybe it's a dog or something. And uh, I looked down, a freaking doe right in front of me. And I was like, well, uh, okay, this is great. Grabbed the bow, you know, and uh, she actually jumped up over this shrub, right? And she was facing me. And I was like, oh, and I was like, I thought of you because I was like, all right, just bleed at her. And mm-hmm. she'll, like, stop. I bleated so loud at her that she jumped, like, four feet in the air, <laughs> landed, and looked back like, what the hell was that? <laughs> and I drew back, and it's like a quartering way shot. Perfect. And I entered probably like the the second to last rib, went in and just took out lungs. And she took off like a bat out of hell. The arrow was, I could see my Luminoc running through the woods. And she ran in the same direction as that first doe I shot. And didn't, it, uh, didn't you find it like 10 yards within the other one that you found? Yes. That deer, that doe ran exactly to the same exact spot as that first doe. That's nuts. That's crazy. But it's such cool, like, information to collect, knowing that if you hit a deer, you know where it's going to go. Exactly. And that's the cool part. So, like, each year, each deer, like, you're getting more and more, like, experienced, and you just know. These are things that you, like, figure out through experience. Yeah, so for next year, if you have, again, a bad hit on a deer and you have to let it wait overnight, you know exactly where to start out now which is a big plus plus you know the direction so i think i want you to get into yours and then i want to go back to this mechanical yeah topic so let me uh jump back a bit so my season started off on the a really bad foot (laughs) or two bad feet actually i had no feet i had nothing to stand on because uh, my private permission in uh, mass that property sold uh, See ya. <laughs> New York was not a possibility this year due to EHD, which took out the herd. So yep, that was the second whammy. The third whammy was uh, a town posted its land to not hunting, which I hunted last year. So public land piece, 75, more than 75 acres, but just can't hunt anymore. So all my spots were just gone in a matter of five days. By being, like, when I say deflated... I did not. I was not even looking forward to deer hunting. I was like, I'm just going fishing this weekend. Like, fuck it. But so then I had to start the process of scouting all over again. Basically, square one, which absolutely blew. But I did um, over the course of scouting after work and on weekends, I was able to find a couple spots. But again, I had to do some cutting and put my cameras out, see what movement was happening. But Pretty much what ended up happening was there's this one spot I sent you a video of, and I'm like 25 feet up in a tree, and I am easy bare, easy bare in the tree, like nothing, no cover, but I'm way up there. And I was having encounters in the evening after work, multiple encounters right at last light, and just no shot opportunities on these does. But um, on November 9th, which was a Wednesday, I hunted the morning before work, and you know, I've I've seen quite a few deer on this public piece. There's other people that hunt it, but I was going to this spot pretty religiously because even though I wasn't getting pictures on my camera, I was seeing way more deer than my camera was indicating. So mm. 
you know, just not uh, leaving deer to find deer type deal, just yep. going into the same spot. And at this point, I've already been hunting for a month and I had no deer at the time. And it's like, okay, like anything that walks, it's it's getting the look. <laughs> how you are anyway. Yeah. So, like, uh, you're is, a meat hunter. Like. I, I don't really care at the end of the day, right. like what it weighs, if it's legal and I can fill a tag, great. So I'm sitting there and you know me, I just happen to kill more deer in the morning. I don't know why. It's just how it fucking works. Yeah. <laughs> like most, I would say 85, 90% of my deer I've shot before eight o'clock. So at seven o'clock, I'm sitting in this stand and, you know, I've had encounters from every direction, left, in front of me, behind me, to my right. Like they come from every direction. And I'm sitting there and then I get up into a tree. I drop my quiver. I'm like, fuck, go down, grab my quiver, climb back up. I'm like, hopefully I didn't fuck everything up by making a bunch of noise. Cause you know how those hawk helium squeak a little bit? Yes. Cause it's, you're on this like hardwood uh, tree and it just squeaks a little bit when you're climbing mm -hmm. up and it just is a pain. But regardless, you know, crisp, cool morning, calm winds. I look up and there's three deer coming in. I'm like, all right. <laughs> I've seen at this point already 15 deer. None right. of them have given me a shot opportunity. So I'm kind of like not excited because I'm like, all right, I've seen this script play out before where they just turn hard right or turn hard left or they skirt around me some way. But then they took one turn off the rock wall. I'm like, ah, it's going to fucking happen. <laughs> so I get my bow. I'm like, all right, whatever comes in first is getting the look. And first deer comes in. It's right in front of me, 12 yards, and now I'm like, okay, I knock up, I'm ready to go, got my release on, and I just wait and wait, wait, and then all of a sudden, it's pretty much below me to my left. <laughs> Two-yard shot, <laughs> like two yards, and absolutely drilled it. It was just a perfect hit, and... Where was entry? Entry, it was like right behind the shoulder. I just took out the top of the heart, like passed through to it was a sick shot that happened i didn't bleed out that first one i'm like okay the two other didn't even move so i knock up again go all the way around the tree so i'm shooting straight forward because we're in the jx3 so right. i pivot to my left and bleed out the big doe doe stands there and i take another quick shot and i just eyeballed the range and i just nailed it on the head right behind the shoulder second deer hit that was for, a bigger doe right? and it was a bigger doe that was 135 damn so two uh two deer the first double in mass and that was a great way to start off the morning <laughs> and that's your second double of all time yeah, yeah, with a bow exactly so that was a do when i tell people about that i'm like yeah you got two and they're like oh the rifle i'm like no with a bow. And they're like, oh, like one morning, one in the afternoon. I'm like, no, literally in the same like, uh, 15, minute. 15 <laughs> seconds, maybe. I mean, it was so quick. I I wish it would have been sick if that was on film because like, it was so quick. Like Before I could blink, there was two deer down. And I saw them both drop. So I was like, there's no tracking involved. I, I just... mean, it's all situational. But like in that sense, because like, I, I can't say I've shot two deer with a bow. But like when you go to grab for that extra arrow... Are you doing, is that like a quick move? Oh yeah, you? it's all quick. Like you don't have time to fuck around because they're they're gonna get out of there and booger real quick. So it's like it's now or never type deal. So as quick as possible, I'm not really being quiet because they're still disoriented, looking around, seeing that deer just run off, and then they get bleeded out, and then they're like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and then that was a mistake they made. But both shots were pass throughs, and I use a schwacker, which 
deploys, you know, it's a two blade, two inch cut, but it deploys once it's inside the deer. It has two little fins that open up. So it goes through the hide, then opens up. And the fins are serrated themselves. So like even on entry, they are still cutting. It's not like, excuse me, when they enter, once it gets, it gets past the hide, then those main primary blades open up and you are doing some serious internal damage. Oh, I mean, the clots were just softballs, man. They were just, and... Which I, if you have to go through a rib, like, once it enters through, like, in between a rib, per se, when those blades open up, it's almost like pushing past the Exactly. Ribs. So it's just basically like a, a swimming motion through the deer, which is... Exactly. It, it's just perfect. And I was lucky enough to have pass-throughs. But I also was very uh, patient this year. I mean, I saw mm. a lot of deer, and I passed on a lot of shots that, you know, if I was desperate, I could have made it happen. But I right. was waiting for the right moment, so I could just have these kind of, you could say, gimme shots, even though they're not always gimmies, given the circumstances. Now, I'm going to say this before we get into the broad the broadhead thing. you You basically just skimmed over this. How many miles do you think you put in scouting this year? Oh, uh, like you were boots on the ground almost every single day. Yeah. So after workout, do two hours a day. How much I can walk in two hours? And you're not just like <laughs> casually walk. You're like hiking because I have to go. Ass. I have to go to the spot. I have to like find exactly where I need to be. I mean, hundreds of miles, right? I and then imagine. On, <laughs> and then on top of that, in, in addition to that, you were shooting your bow at your. Uh, your uh, target place. Yeah, my archery range. Religiously. I would shoot before the season two to three times a week after work. And then in season, I'd always make sure to shoot on the weekends. And I was practicing. You know, I, I'm not a great shot by any means, but I, I worked up to 40. <laughs> Better than me. <laughs> I've worked I've worked up to 40 yards comfortably, and it was, it was a big payoff because, you know, I made the mistake in the past not shooting enough in season. And you're, it's crazy. One week of rust, it shows in your first mm. volley. Like, you'll you'll see the difference immediately. So, and this oh. will this will come later. This will come full circle. But like, you just shooting at those various ranges will pay off later. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And I, you know, I always shoot. I try to be situational when I'm shooting. How quick can I shoot? When I need to shoot a double, it's yeah. like I have to have my heart rate up. I have to be able to, you know, adapt eyeball ranges. It, it definitely, just knowing your distances just by looking, you know, you're you're in that archery mindset, mm. and it's, it really comes into play in the, the next episode. <laughs> I, would, I would say that, like, that was a quote of this year for Grip and Grin was, it's all situational. It, and literally it was, though. Like, I was hunting. I only hunted public land this year, and that's at first. Like, only yeah. public land. Yeah. And, you know, every hunt, it's like, all right, like, what's the wind? Do I have to change on the fly? Be a minute man? Is it going to rain? Like, right. the weather was wrong all year. Oh, dude. Like, every morning it wasn't supposed to rain, it was raining. And then every time it was supposed to be calm, it was windy. And if the wind direction was... It was never right. It just was never right. It, it was, was probably, <laughs> like, I can recall, just from just for you, I can recall, like, four or five hunts that you had where you were, like, literally, last-minute decision, you're like, I'm hunting today. Yeah. Because the weather's wrong. You, like, woke up. You just checked outside. You're like, I'll just check. You look outside. You're like, oh, it's not even that bad. I know. So I would, you know, I have my alarm set always at 4. And if it was supposed to be, like, a 50% chance of rain or a 75% chance of rain, I would always just check. And then 
most of the time I was like, shit, I got to go. Yep. <laughs> yep. But going back to the broadheads. Yes. <laughs> so I've, I've loved the Schwacker and I pull 65 ish pounds. I think it's technically like 62, 63. But yep. the weight I pull, I love. And my bow, older, but it was shooting great. I still, I said this last year, but I never really dove into it. And then you really have dove head, head over he- heels. Yeah, like <laughs> way into the weeds of getting yeah. into the idea of fixed broadheads and sharpening broadheads. Yeah. Given the, uh, you know, uh, the, what, what's the word? It's becoming more popular in the industry. It's, it's, <laughs> the, it's the bandwagon that's going down the highway right now. And a lot of people are just jumping onto it without doing a lot of research. And... I'm I'm very I'll admit like there's time like I I went back and forth cuz you said this last year like you just said like well, we should shoot fixed broadheads like we're thinking about shooting fixed broadheads but we've always shot or I've always shot mechanical same and you however have shot the Schwacker and I usually shoot the Rage and I've head. shot the Rage too so it's not like I've um I've shot Schwacker inch and three quarters, Schwacker two right. inch, the Rage two inch, and I love the Schwacker any size now more what, than the Rage. What green is the Schwacker? Uh, that you're shooting one uh, one hundred. It's so, so I'm shooting a one hundred grain uh, Rage as well. Now the mechanical Rage, it gives you a good entry hole, but it almost when it hits a deer, slams on the brakes. I wasn't getting a lot of pass throughs with the Rage, and my my uh, mechanical blades were just snapping. Mm. And when it hit a rib or something, it would deflect. Yep. And I like doing all this research with the two shots I had with uh, the Rage this year on my two does. I was like, yeah, this is proof. Like right here. Yep. Like, here we are. Like this is living proof. And like you said the other night, it just comes from experience. We just need to figure this out like through experience. But to give you folks like the rundown, the general gist of it. The big push, the bandwagon push is like, oh, you should be shooting adult yeah. arrows. You should be shooting like anywhere between 550 to like, you know, you can shoot all the way up to 800 grain arrows. It's like this heavier arrow. Now, there's a lot of moving parts with this, and I urge you folks to do a lot of research and not just do research, but weed through the bullshit. Dude. Mm-hmm. Because you're going to find that a lot of people are sponsored by companies such as like, Rage or G5. G5. Like, you have to weed through all that bullshit. You have to, you know, look at different uh, resources. But honestly, what I've found, and we talked about this the other night, because we could talk about this for on a whole oh, pod, easy. dude. Easy. Um, and maybe we will in the future, but I mean, we're not, not now because <laughs> we're going to move towards that. But you need to have, you need to find the happy median that, you know, you're willing to shoot. Currently, I weighed it. I shoot a 380 grain arrow, which is like so low. Yep. Like I need to bump that up. Do I need to bump it up to 550? No. I think even if I go up to a 480 grain arrow, I'll be perfectly yeah, fine. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, I was getting passed throughs. That's like the big difference between us. I was getting passed throughs with yep. mechanical. You weren't pulling as heavy a weight because your bow needs to be a. Uh, I need, need a little TLC. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that might be a what's new in the bag. Yeah, in, in here shortly. Same here though, because like my bow is really old, and right. you have to think about oh, do I want to put new cables on it? But then I'm committed to two years with right. that bow, and I, we got time to think about it. Yeah, but yeah. 
the big thing is we're going to look at a slightly heavier arrow and try fixed for one year. Yep. And if not, just go with the heavier arrow with that mechanical schwacker. I think I think that is like plan B for us. Yep. Is the schwacker. I mean, I the rage, I just I, I've shot I, have I killed deer with the rage? Yes. I have to, but it's it's Mm. It's not. It's not as good. I'm it's, not as yeah. happy with it. The schwacker, like just seeing it and watching multiple like videos and research and so on and so forth. Penetration. It's. It's. If you're gonna shoot mechanical, it's the most simplistic, effective. Exactly. Arrow. Uh, excuse me. Broadhead. It's just. It's just works. You right. know. You don't have to reinvent the wheel type deal. Right. But that kind of goes to the point of what's even more simple than mechanical exactly. is a fixed two blade or whatever. So that's yeah. kind of what we're looking at and that's coming down the pike, but not right not right this second, but I'm hoping to get it ready for a turkey season so I could try it on a turkey. Cause if you can go through a turkey, you could definitely go through a deer. Yeah. <laughs> and I would say turkeys borderline tougher to go through. <laughs> so we're looking at like a hardened steel single bevel type setup for a fixed broadhead and just, a little bit more weight, your FOC's going up a little bit higher, your uh, front of center on your arrow. but And we're not going so heavy where you have to worry about trajectory right. and speed. Right, because if you go with a heavy arrow, say like an 800-grain arrow, at 40 yards, you're looking at almost like a 2- to 3-foot like difference. Yeah, and there's situations that deer will easily jump the string. Right. So, I mean, I don't know. We're not shooting elk. We're not like – I think what we're just going to do is because we've done – I mean, I've done a shit ton of research, but like you said, I think if we make that fix and go back towards like what what suits us, and we like collect that information and report that back to you folks, I think that's going to be more effective than just listening to somebody rant on YouTube. Yeah, I know that's the I I looked into it for one day, and I was already sick of looking into it just from like the uh, right the people in the industry, just how they go about it, and. They have to understand there's just so many moving parts for everyone, so. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's that's what we're going to do next year, and we'll we'll save that rabbit hole for another yeah, pod. Yeah, that'll be great for getting ready for deer season next year. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'll be honest, I'm a little I'm a little deered out right now. <laughs> you are? Did you not see that snap I sent you the <laughs> yeah, other day? Uh, yep. <laughs> I want to go home now. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah, so. But, I mean, we'll talk about that next, uh, getting into next year as far as uh, broadheads go. But and maybe bows, but that's another rabbit hole. <laughs> but I did not stop at two does. Oh, I know you didn't. <laughs> so do the fact of Maine's, and this is sarcasm, awesome deer lottery this year. <laughs> it's a fucking shit show. Um, so they handed out lottery, uh, they, through the lottery they handed out doe permits. And then, as you Mainers know, you got an over-the-counter tag that you could purchase while doing that at work, dude. And there's a waiting room, and you're like, I think Streeter was like 16,000 in line so to get a doe permit. Stupid. I was like, this is so, oh, it's, oh, I'm not going to rant right now, but I'll say this. Make a long story short, <laughs> I ended up getting a doe tag over-the-counter because I didn't get one in the lottery, which is fucked up because I yeah, have a super pack. But anyways, um, so yeah, I freaking... Um, that was some dark hamburger. I know. Did you see how dark just, that hamburger I was? was? At that. Good Lord, have mercy. <laughs> Pavement. <laughs> um, but anyways, I ended up buying an over-the-counter tag, and it was in District 21, mm. um, which is down 
down in southern Maine. And that was with my rifle and so forth. So my old man, you know, as always, it's just tradition to go down, see the old man, do a couple hunts here and there. And, dude, as I'm driving now, I woke up at like 2 o'clock in the morning to get down there. And as I'm driving, I just see deer all over the place. Like, they're crawling, like, everywhere. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, it's going to be a good day. Yeah. You know? I get down there, and I'm like, I start getting ready as soon as I get to my dad's. And it's still dark. And he's like, dude, this guy's getting ready. I was like, hey, man, I want to be set up and ready when daylight comes. And so I step foot into the field because my dad was going to go sit the, the backside of this big field and on a ridge and i go down like to this river spot that i've i've shot deer out of before down at this stump and i'm sitting there and right as like legal time hits i was like i'm gonna rattle i'm gonna be aggressive i just want to like try and call something in so i just start rattling breaking branches and i use that to my advantage to like clear a couple shooting lanes Mm. i was like up walking around like snapping branches just making a ruckus and my dad calls me. He's like, there's a deer in the field behind you about 150 yards away. And I was like, really? He's like, yep, I can see it. But we couldn't shoot yet because mm. it wasn't quite legal time. And uh, so that deer actually scooted off. And I thought it would come down to me. It didn't. Um, so we were surrounded by deer. And when I stepped foot in the field initially, dude, I could hear leaves going in every direction. <laughs> so there was deer all through the field. And uh, 7 o'clock rolls around. And I'm like... When I sat down at the river, it's just one of those, like, poster-esque, like, type spots where you're like, this is so beautiful. Mm. And, like, there was this one tiny window that looked down the river channel. And you could see, like, the riverbank. The sun was coming up. It was just, like, beautiful. And I just kept staring at that spot like, that's so pretty. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, shit. There's, like, deer right there. Like, about 100 yards away on the riverbank, drinking water. And I was like whoa, holy shit, you're hunting. All right, let's go. Like, So I had the cannon with me, and literally three does step out, three, and I had the pick of the litter. I'm just like, look at this. This is like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> I was like, which one do I want? And they're just casually drinking, and because like five minutes before that, a truck started like in this neighborhood. I could hear it was a big diesel truck. Mm. Boom! And those deer came out. So they must have been bedded like behind this house or something. Yeah. Or, but it scared them and got them up and moving. And so literally just picked the biggest one. I laid down. I was like a sniper <laughs> laying down and just waiting for this deer to go broadside. Literally shot. See ya. Dropped it right there. And then like shortly after, about 20, 30 minutes later, my dad shoots. And I'm like, are you like serious perfect. right now? <laughs> Dude, so like both tag out like such a great moment. Like... And you had the whole day to, you know, had process the whole day. it. And... and it was warm. Mm. It was warm. It was like 70, 75 that day. Damn. Just oddly warm. But I had to grab my waders because I was going to go fishing with you, I think, that weekend. Yes, you were. <laughs> and our plans fell through, but I still had my waders in the car. I was like, oh, shit. Like, I got to cross this river to get my deer. So I'll gr- run up, grab my waders, which... They all they're all patched up, you know. <laughs> yep. There's no leaks. So I was like, "Here's a test run," and uh, yeah, I mean, within 45 minutes of sitting 
down on your there. first hunt down there too, which is perfect. Yeah, you couldn't draw it up any better than that. No, so like that was one of the coolest moments. Is like I'm dragging a deer out, and my dad's dragging a deer mm. out. That was just, mm. yeah, I remember that. Fun. He's like, every time you come down here, shit just happens. I'm like. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> what do you expect? It was just, it was really cool. But the fact that I rattled and grunted and I was loud, and then those deer still step out, yep. they don't give a shit. I, so one thing I want to add before we kind of wrap this up was this year I did a shit ton of calling. I pretty mm. much grunted, bleated, rattled every hunt pretty much. And I would see deer, and they wouldn't give a fuck. So yeah. it just goes to show don't be afraid to do it because I feel like people are afraid to do it. Mm-hmm. And Literally, I had does around. They didn't really care. They were interested sometimes. I had, I think, a spike horn. Maybe I didn't really get uh, a good look at the antlers that came up after I rattled. Like, they they honestly don't care. It's no. part it's part of their life. So don't right. be afraid to do it. No, and in, like worst case, like I've heard stories of like little kids just like playing with a grunt and like grunting and grunting, and then like this massive buck comes in. <laughs> you know, like sometimes we we script things to the T. And most of the time, it's like when you see deer like in the woods, and you're like, "Oh, like just listen to them, like just watch them, watch." It's how like they... turkey hunting. Yeah, I, I learned to call strictly from when I saw turkeys a hundred yards away, and they were calling all day. And I was like, "Huh, that's how they actually call." It's like really quiet, weird cadence. Just observe and learn. You can learn so much just by watching the attitude of a deer. Which I, I mean, a little the little uh, tidbit is I saw twenty five deer this year, dude. Yeah. <laughs> That's so bad. After after pretty much disaster struck in the first few weeks leading up to the season, I saw that many deer, and I could. There was one time I saw a doe, and I'm like, that doe must have been bumped by a coyote just from how it was acting. It was acting really strange, and it was post rut, and it definitely wasn't getting chased by a buck. You could just tell it was just not happy and took a big loop, used the wind to help it see if it could scent out that coyote. and yeah, you just learn so much just by watching them. And then it helps you when you, you know, trying to plan to draw back. Like, all right, what's his body language? Like, you can just tell. Like, yeah. if it does the head bob, you're like, oh, oh you're, the head bob. You, you know you're fucked. Yeah, <laughs> that like, oh, it's almost like a like a juke. In yeah, a exactly. Way for them. They're like, oh, I'm going, no, I'm not. Oh, no, I'm not going that way either. Yep. And like, in most of the time too, I've experienced this where they'll snort even just to see if something moves and then they just casually walk. And then I had this happen. Um, the first deer I saw this season, excuse me, I had it, uh, I was uh, upwind of it. So I, my wind was blowing directly into the deer. It took three steps, sniffed once, and got the fuck out of there. I immediately grunted after the fact hmm. just to be like, okay, like maybe it, I could bring it back in. 20 minutes later, there it is again. Same spot. This time, didn't really care about the smells because that grunt settled it down and came right back in. Didn't get a shot opportunity on that one, but it just goes to show like how crucial a grunt can be. So you got more vocal this year, but what about sense? Were you uh, were you sense, a lot like getting into sense a lot or not? So this much? like my typical dopey, pretty much every set, yeah. like on my boots because I didn't have my entries were pretty dynamite, but. You know, I used estrus here and there. I tried using the uh, the Black Widow scents. Yep. Personally, I don't care for them. 
I don't really like the bottle they come in. Yep. They're not really user friendly. I like the I like the tanks air like the, the aerosol can whatever. Yeah, because you, you can, can spray, spray it upside, upside down, down which yeah. is great for getting it on your boots. But yep. I still like the candle more than the uh, the cold extra sense. I just think you're getting just a more pure scent going out. Here's a hot take. So you actually reminded me of this. I took out a coworker. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So this is this was really cool because you are like my guide when it comes to fishing. Yep. You still am. <laughs> I I said correct. <laughs> um, yes. So <laughs> you're like a guide, but like I have a coworker that just got into hunting this year, and he was like, "Yeah, man, if you ever want to come out," I was like, "What?" He's like, yeah, just come out and like, I was like, I'll go hunting with you. Cause at this point, like, I had some meat in the freezer and I was like, less like, you know, I wasn't so much like, oh, I need to get a deer. I was just kind of like going out for the enjoyment of it. Yeah. And didn't carry a gun. I literally just went out in the woods with him and sat on one side of his property because he had 60 acres on one side of the road and 60 acres on the other side of the road that he could hunt. And on one side, we sat there and I was like, no no this place sucks and the next night we went down down over this hill it was just like hemlock and dude we get down in there and i see that first sign of like deer and i'm like mm-hmm, this is good shit right here yeah. like this is money money and so we get down in there and i just want like i told myself if we see a deer mission accomplished and he didn't have a doe tag. He just had a buck tag. And we get down, and there's a little trickling brook. We actually used some moss to, like, cover up the trickling brook so we could still hear. And, dude, we got down in That's a beautiful fish, by the way. That's a nice fish. <laughs> yep. Um, but uh, we get down in there, and, uh, you know, we're sitting there, and, and we're just shooting the shit. Like, it's, it's a fun hunt. Yeah. Like, we're just, like, enjoying it. And... Uh, I'm sitting there. I did some grunting, and I actually put out a candle that day, too. No bullshit. Literally, the last, like, 10 minutes of daylight, I can hear... All I hear is, like... Because he, like, pivots around the tree, and he goes, there's a deer right there. And I was like, what? And, like, I kind of look off to my right. Dude, I'm not exaggerating when I say this. 10 yards. <laughs> Massive doe. Just feeding. Just grazing. And she doesn't even know we're there. That's crazy. And I'm like move like holy shit and he was calm as a cucumber like great interaction and she just kept like feeding around us to the point where once like it was dark i was like we gotta get the fuck out of here dude we started walking she didn't blow she didn't run off i think she thought we were another deer <laughs> because down in front of us he was like dude i hear another one and I go, I guarantee you that's the buck. Mm. I guarantee you. Because the candle was actually going down that way, too. Yep. So I can guarantee you, I don't know how big it was, but no doubt that it had to have been a buck. Mm -hmm. And it was just way past legal time. I was like, before we spook this buck or whatever this is in front of us, let's get out of here. Yep. And so we kind of simulated like we were two deer walking through the woods. And we got out of there. We were surrounded by deer. And we didn't spook anything. Which is crazy. Absolutely nuts. <laughs> like, and it was a loud walk-in, you said, right? Very, very, very loud. To the point where he actually didn't even go that deep in. Like, he sat down there a couple more times. But he's like, I, I 
it's just too far down and it's really loud. I'm like, yeah, but they're down there. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, I to kind of jump a little bit, I scouted a, another spot later in the season. Like I found this spot uh, middle of November and I scouted it and I ended up hunting it quite a bit. But holy shit, was it loud? Like so mm-hmm. loud. You have these like, I call them like mass puckas and they're mass literally <laughs> mass puckas. <laughs> they're literally like thigh high, like just twigs. And there's just a whole like field of them in the tree line. And you walk through and it's the loudest stuff ever. But as long as you take your time and you get in early enough, it doesn't really matter, I don't think. Yeah. So, well, that's kind of like another reason why I get in as early as possible because deer obviously, deer obviously have good eyesight, like at night. But if you just choose your steps wisely, they're going to think you're another deer. If they don't smell you, they're just going to think, oh, is that another deer? Like they don't know what you are. They're not going to be like, shit. Oh, pumpkin. Yeah. God damn it. I got to get out of here. And it's... on top of that, like, if you scout enough, you should know where they bed. Mm, that's a good point. So, like, in the spot I go into, yeah. I know where they bed, and I'm far enough away where I don't really have to worry about the noise make, uh, setting up. So, scout. Just scout a shit. Just scout. And last thing before we wrap it up, we will talk a lot of fishing coming up, but oh. I do want to give a little fishing report since we're actually um, recording for once. But even though it's December... Fishing's hot. The fishing has been dynamite. It's not hot. It's sizzling. <laughs> it is. It is. It's been consistently great. And you just have to pick the flows. And I've been fishing a lot of tailwaters uh, as of late. But in mass. In mass. Yep. And the, I, I went out two days ago. And I just absolutely raked, <laughs> raked wild trout too, holdovers. Like, I'm not just catching stockies. You know what I mean? Like, Beautiful. Trout, yeah, just, like wild browns, uh, wild rainbows, like absolutely dynamite. And I've been catching them a lot on uh, anything with rubber legs on it. Just throw anything big, like, big fat stone flies. I have when I do a double nymph rig, I'm throwing on two stones one that's a Pat's rubber leg, and then a pheasant tail rubber leg, just yep. absolutely dynamite. But we'll get into our, our expeditions fishing too, and a teaser. Yeah, because we, we actually have to recap a trip in October, two trips in October, yep. a trip in November, and then all the fishing I've been doing, which has been, again, lights out. We're going to have a whole fishing episode just dedicated to fishing. Yep, and fall fishing, winter fishing, fly tying maybe, so. Yep. But on the next pod, too, we're getting into a little more deer, and it's going to be pretty damn exciting. <laughs> Before we close out, just want to let you folks know that uh, – if the quality's not to par, um, we actually have new technology now. Yeah. We have a remote recorder. Which will be big come springtime. So we're recording that right now, and we it's been updated to the point where we can record wherever the hell we want. Exactly, on the riverbank, in the car. So quality is taking the back seat to just us again to record, because that's yep. our biggest hurdle right now. Yeah, and like there was, we had one outing where it's like, we can record in the car. But we were so like hyped that we just wanted to reflect on the the memory, yeah. and just jam out the music, and just kind of enjoy the moment versus like talk about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but as always, folks, we appreciate you listening. And we apologize for the wait, but at the same time, we have been goddamn busy. Yep, and so, a lot more to come. <laughs> as always, get in the woods and get on the water.